lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin are here with me as well. If you would like to join us today, please let us know what you think about what we, what we think. Easy for me to say. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program if you want to look us up on the various socials out there. Look for my name, Steve Dace, and like it on Facebook, on Gab, on MeWe. Follow me on Parlor at Steve Dace. That's the one place you can be guaranteed all of our latest COVID information goes because you're constantly asking me for links. That's where you want to go to find them from this time forward. I mean, there'll be other places too, but that's the one place you know they'll be every single time uh, with no censorship. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And then if you're looking for clips of the show that you want to watch for free, hopefully then if you like it or if you hate it, those clicks count the same. You share it with others, uh, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. If you're bored and you want an interesting book to read, my most recent book, A Nefarious Carol, is out right now. You can get your copy at Amazon.com. Autographed copies available via Premier uh, Collectibles. If you want more information on that, just uh, my uh, spin right to the top of both my Twitter and Facebook feeds on how you can get one of those. And don't forget, if you've read the book, thank you. Listen to the audio version with my daughter and I. Uh, please leave us a review, a five-star review even, at Amazon.com if you enjoyed the book. Also, don't forget, you're running out of time to take advantage of that biggest discount ever here at Blaze TV. It expires at the end of this month on February the 28th, or maybe it's actually Friday, the end of this week that it expires. So take advantage of it. The overtime later today, which we tape after this program, exclusively for Blaze TV subscribers. I did an interview this morning on a local radio show in Florida. And we got into the conversation, the host got into the conversation with me about how he's taking heat from some people for um, criticizing Ron DeSantis at times. And he's getting the, well, hey, who's better? Is it, I mean, isn't this the best we have? Why are you criticizing the guy? And I told him as somebody who's becoming, I guess, a bit of a, a Ron DeSantis admirer, I wouldn't say fan, but I, so far, I like the way he handles his rig. Um, no, no. I'm fine with it. I just don't like it th- that you look at me when you say that. <laughs> just look anywhere else. I don't care. I, I wouldn't read into that too much, Todd. Uh, it's just that I'm used to going to my right, and that's where you are. <laughs> right? There's three people in the audience, by the way, that know what this is a reference to, and they've emailed me every time, and they're laughing their rear ends off. Nobody else knows what we're talking about, all right? <laughs> but uh, um, I, I want to explain to you why I... I I applauded this host for doing this and urged him to continue doing so because I think it's key to how we handle our own um, political situation all over the country. Those of us that live in and want to conserve what's left of America, we're going to get into that today in the overtime. How do we change the paradigm of how we relate to our politicians, even the ones that we think at the time are the good ones? How do we do that? I'm going to lay out what I said to this gentleman, and then you and Aaron are going to get a chance to comment on that. Hopefully, you'll find it helpful. You can watch it later today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's also where you can go so that you can watch it after we record it uh, later today uh, and become a Blaze TV subscriber with our biggest discount ever right now at blazetv.com slash dace. But hurry, 
that is expiring soon. Wednesday, you know what that means. Buy, sell, or hold coming up at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, uh, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be stopping by as well. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the wrecking ball known as Anthony Fauci. Yesterday, he said this. So there are things, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not going to be able to do in society. For example, indoor dining, theaters, places where people congregate. That's because of the safety of society. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, can I go to the movie theater in International Falls? Fauci also told Reuters yesterday, quote, the pandemic arrived in the United States as the country was riven by political divisions in which wearing a mask became a political statement rather than a public health measure. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Uh, right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. Checking in on Joe Biden. Is he still president? I think there's a growing awareness that, uh, um, you know, uh, injecting bleach into your system doesn't do it for you. The Biden administration has set up literal shipping containers at the U.S. border to store illegal immigrant children. Those bars on the window are a nice touch. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, your thoughts? This is not kids being kept in cages. This is this is kids. This is a facility that was opened that's going to follow the same standards as other HHS facilities. The FDA has cleared Johnson & Johnson's single-shot COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use. The clinical trial of the J&J vaccine prevented 100% of deaths and hospitalizations from the virus with an overall efficacy of 66%, according to the company. Republicans like Iowa Senator Joni Ernst now apparently believe it's bad for women to be spending more time with their children. Why are women leaving the workforce during COVID-19? It is because their children, most of the time, in many of those cases, are not in school. There is not childcare available to support them. Those that are working with their children feel that they have to leave the workforce. And so they're stepping aside and they're putting their own goals to the rear and putting their children first. Oxford University has created a stringency scale based on school or work closures, restrictions on gatherings, etc. The scale found the top 10 most free states in the country are South Dakota, Utah, North Dakota, Alabama, Iowa, Nebraska, Nevada, Idaho, Florida from 1 to 10. New York and Hawaii are the least free states, while Oxford ranks California at 44 and Texas at 30. The Georgia State Senate has passed a bill requiring identification for absent voting. Blaze TV host Stephen Crowder was suspended from Twitter last night for producing evidence of voter fraud on that platform. Two members of Congress, Anna Eshoo and Jerry McNearney, sent letters to the CEOs of AT&T, Verizon, Roku, Amazon, and others, encouraging those companies to pull content off their platforms from Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, and others. Yes, members of Congress straight up pressuring private businesses to censor speech they don't like. Washington Post columnist Kate Cohen is 
is really hopping mad by the lack of fictional abortions. She writes, quote, after the sixth episode of Atypical, I stormed into my daughter's room. Please tell me the therapist is not going to have that baby. She paused to remember which show she had told me to watch, and then she shrugged sympathetically. Sorry, Mom. Cohen goes on to write, damn it, I was hoping the young professional woman, upon learning she was pregnant right after her jerky boyfriend left her, might decide to have an abortion. Instead, it turns out she doesn't even consider this. I'm so tired of this. Lawmakers in Illinois are looking to ban the game Grand Theft Auto, blaming the game for a recent spike in carjackings in the state. And finally, this 105-year-old New Jersey resident, Lucia de Klerk, survived the Spanish flu. Now she's survived COVID-19. She tested positive for the coronavirus on her 105th birthday last month, the day after receiving the second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. But she says she credits gin-soaked raisins for helping her make it through the ladder. She says prayer and no junk food are to thank for actually making it to her 105th. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by Home Title Theft, which urges you, or Home Title Lock, which urges you not to get a crash course in Home Title Theft here in 2021 because it can ruin you financially. Here's how the crime happens. The legal titles to our homes are kept online where they can be hacked. Cyber thieves know this, so they go on there, hack into your home's title, and then forge your signature on a quick claim deed stating that you have sold your home to them. Then they take out loans against your home until that equity is gone, and you usually don't find out until the collection calls or worse begin pouring in, and you're not going to be protected by your mortgage lender nor your homeowner's insurance, but you can be protected by Home Title Lock. And in the unlikely event that you still become a victim of home title theft while a member, Home Title Lock will spend up to a quarter of a million dollars out of their own pockets in legal fees in order to restore your home's title rightfully to you. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and, and weren't aware of it yet. And then while you're there, use the code radio to get 30 free days of protection. That's 30 free days of protection for your home, your most important asset investment and sanctuary with the code radio at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, to the montage we go. Um, the Georgia Senate voting to require voter ID for absentee voting or mail-in voting. Um, I'm reminded once when I walked into a subway, my first radio job, and I went down the street, a local sports talk station in town that no longer exists. And I went down the street over lunch to get some subway. And I walk in and there's a big sign on the door. And it says, we will no longer be cashing payroll checks. Which means if you're no longer doing this, and it's a noted policy, it means that previously you were doing what? Cashing payroll checks? Cashing payroll checks. And it just, it blew my mind, you know, that somebody got off work and thought, dude, I've, I've got to have, man. A cold cut combo right now. I can't wait. So let me just sign over my paycheck to Subway. And the, 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 the six inch or the foot long is the offset. The rest of it's just my payroll check. I mean, it just blew my mind that people were doing that. Along those same lines. For the Georgia State Senate to now be voting to require identification to vote mail-in in the state. 
would seem at the very least to imply that what was not a requirement before identification identification to mail in vote now to be fair it's government therefore redundancy is a natural habitat right that's that's possible but assuming that's not what it is that, that this is not bureaucratic redundancy After losing a presidential election and two Senate seats, Georgia Republicans have finally decided, you know what? Uh, maybe maybe we should do voter ID for mail-in voting. Eureka, man. Epiphany. It's like being in hell and thinking, man, Probably should have turned to Jesus. Too late! Or, I gotta go to the pharmacy and get some condoms. That's your response to when she calls you up and says the pregnancy test was positive. I, I just, Alexa, why do base Republican voters hate the Republican Party? And then the story comes up. Now we're gonna do something about it? Now we are. So all of those times, here's another thing too. They kept claiming they were doing these audits of the of the mail-in votes down there, right? Um, mm. If if identification wasn't required to vote mail-in, what were they auditing? I, I, I mean, how were they verifying the vote? You you you'd probably have to go to each individual voter, right? Without the requirement of, they, of identification, they, they, how would you be certain that the vote was legit? You'd have to go and retrace to every individual voter, I, have them sign a sworn affidavit. Is this your signature? Is this your ballot? How else would you accomplish an this? An enormous accomplishment. They were able to do that in a week, it's Steve. A, it's, it's a runoff miracle. Indeed. <sighs> um, my senator, Joni Ernst, Um, as somebody who's married to a woman that's far more educated than he is, and probably until recently, could have been making more money than him the whole time, but decided to make the decision to be at home with her kids instead. If, if I read that exact quote for you, that Aaron, you put in your montage, yeah. and the way that it is framed... Particularly the part these women are putting off what they want to be home for their children, right? I think she used the word sacrifice. Yes, yes. If I read that exact quote verbatim, and if I told you Nancy Pelosi said that, would you believe it? <sighs> this question makes me sad. But I mean, would you not? Would you not believe that she said that verbatim? Right. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, if I said that she said this oh, that's verbatim. Even, that's even better. Verbatim. I, I'm Liz Cheney. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Okay. <laughs> Bad Steve. <sighs> These are our arguments now? Now, listen, I've known Joni Ernst for years. Okay. I... 
and let's just say she's not a um a blessed communicator. I think I understand what she was trying to say, maybe, if I want to give her the benefit of the doubt, which Toddy will tell me not to, right? Because that's your default mechanism right now. No benefit of the doubt for anything or anyone, correct? I prayed about it and I feel real good. <laughs> yes. Uh, having known her for years, I think I understand what she was trying to say. But then again, when I look at that messaging, maybe I, maybe I didn't know her. I, I just, those are the argument that, that <laughs> you literally just framed their argument. You literally just framed motherhood as a sacrifice. I don't know. I don't know if you did this intentionally. And maybe you didn't because you didn't put these two things back to back. But the reality is it is it's barely one step from the argument framed the way Joni Ernst did to the woman at the Washington Post who's upset that there's not more fictional abortions. Because it's the same premise. Children are a sacrifice for a woman to, for her to have what she wants. That's the argument. That's the, that is the entire... Well, let me rephrase. When they're not being just blatant racists like their founder, Margaret Sanger, that is, other than just they're racists, that is the, that's the heart of darkness of the entire Planned Parenthood argument. And Joni Ernst essentially framed her argument almost exactly what the way that they do. And if it's not exact, it ain't much of a leap. It's, it's not even a lap around the track to catch up to where they're at, making framing the same premise. Alexa, why do we lose? That clip comes up. You, you, you're not gonna defeat. An, uh, <laughs> you're not gonna defeat an argument whose premise you accept. Whoever's premise in any argument is accepted and granted has won the argument. It may not be official yet, but it's over. You're just negotiating terms. You're just waiting to see how much longer you can get boxed in before you admit, all right, I, I give up. But, but that's a Planned Parenthood talking point. Now, Joni Ernst has been a disappointment overall as a senator, but you know one issue she's been exceedingly strong on? The life issue. She's actually been really strong on that. Which is why I'm giving her some benefit of the doubt. That that's just terribly worded. Because she just made the argument for that's the Planned Parenthood argument. I can't remember I can't remember which of the Roe v. Wade justices it was who in later years admitted the reason he voted the way that he did is because his college daughter was pregnant and he wanted her to be able to have an abortion or she did have one and he didn't want her to feel guilty. I can't remember which the case was because she, you know, he recognized that she had to go on with the rest of her life. Well, I mean, Steve, what do you know about this? Um, I mean, other than um, having a mom who was a, fre uh, you know, a high school, a 14-year-old high school uh, freshman who found out uh, right before Christmas that she was pregnant with me. And then a few weeks later, there was Roe v. Wade and she had to make a choice about whether to have me or not. I really don't know anything about this.
I mean, I, I have really no experience with the topic whatsoever. I, I wouldn't possibly know other than everything, other than everything about this topic. I, I really wouldn't know anything. I mean, my existence is uh, the point of this topic. So other than that, though, I, I, granted, I didn't take feminist studies or women studies with a Y uh, at university. But in fairness to those classes, I really didn't take too many studies <laughs> in general. Okay. And the short list of ones I was willing to accept at that time in my life, those would not have been on it. But other than the fact my own life is pretty much the entire argument we're having, I, I really don't have much of a stake in this. And I don't really know much. Um, Fauci. Yeah. International Falls is nice this time of year, I hear. <laughs> For those that don't remember what Aaron is referencing, the ridiculous map that CDC put out almost two weeks ago said that International Falls, Minnesota, in the dead of winter was the only place that it was safe to have total normalcy with kids in school and sports in person. That was it. That was the only blue zone. International Falls, Minnesota. Okay, that's that's what Aaron is referencing. I, I told you yesterday, I'm, I can't, I can't be totally honest what I think. And there's two reasons why. One, um, uh, it 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 would get me banned. Two, and the more important reason is, I don't trust my level of anger at this individual. And when you know, when, 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 when you know how you truly feel about somebody and that barring a change of heart from them, you ain't changing your mind, right? You can, you can justify a lot of things at that point. And I don't, you know, I don't have any, I have no problem being angry at Anthony Fauci and you all should be. And there's no problem with anger. I'm trying not to sin in my anger. So I, I don't trust myself. Because the, lay, the level of anger I have for this individual is a seething. It's a loathing. The study that was published yesterday from the American Journal of Medicine... now recommending hydroxychloroquine and zinc as a treatment as a successful mitigation against COVID-19. And yes, that's up on my parlor account. Fauci and his ilk literally killed people. They, they, they may have literally killed people with their all-out demagoguing of this drug. It's immoral, it's wicked, it's evil, it's malevolent. Meaning, I don't believe it's accidental. We're all guilty of evil. We're all guilty of wickedness. We're all guilty of immorality. That's why we need a savior, right? Yes. But we're not all guilty of malevolence. It's rare the guy that or the woman that cheats on their spouse did it for malevolent reasons. They fell into temptation. They felt 
unsatisfied in their home relationship so they could justify it or they had too much to drink or they just thought wow no one will ever find out and then someone does and people get hurt what they did is it immoral is it evil is it wicked yes but did they go into this saying i am purposely going to commit this adulterous act to hurt my spouse most of the time that's not the case but if they did that would be what i mean by malevolence meaning the intent here is to do harm and i believe his intent is to do harm i i don't believe this is simply driven by self-aggrandizement i think that's making it worse i think the prolonging of 15 minutes makes it worse i think the ego boost and the cover of in style magazine makes it worse But I think this, <laughs> this, this goes beyond, folks, we just had Donald Trump president for four years. I think we're all really familiar with healthy egos, right? This goes way beyond some just basic form of bureaucratic narcissism. This is malevolence. What he's doing with these vaccines is malevolent. Somebody whose opinion I respect yesterday said that Fauci should resign because he's basically a tool of special interest in big pharma. I don't think that's... <laughs> you think the board of directors at Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson loves hearing Fauci say, take our vaccines and still be a leper? You think they like that? I can't imagine. Yeah, I'm guessing they're not... I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing there's going to be a little less in Fauci stocking next Christmas. That's not helping them. Take a, So here's our rushed experimental vaccines. They are experimental vaccines. Just need to know that. That doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean they're unhealthy. It just means that we did this at a level of, of pace we don't typically because there was a view of a great urgency at this moment. Why for a virus that currently has a case fatality rate in America of 1.7% and that's almost exclusively tied to one particular uh, demographic in the population that should be fairly easy to protect if we put our energy into that as opposed to locking all the rest of us down? I have no idea, but here we are. So rush out, get the experimental vaccine. And then still be treated like a leper? That's the offer? Well, hot damn. What do I sign up for that? So let me go get that second. Is it the, is, no, Merck decided not to do the vaccine. Is it the Pfizer one you got to get the second shot? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy okay. on Whichever that. one, I... I can't remember which one requires the second shot. That, I mean, I've read all kinds of people online, even on sports forums. Got my second shot, couldn't use my arm for a day, right? The side effects. So run out, out, run out and do that. Only to then um, still wear a mask, be a leper, not go anywhere. Those things can't be both true. The vaccine cannot be safe and good, and then you're still a leper if you take it. That cannot be true, folks. That's not science. That's you know what that is. It's so it's it, now both those things could be false. This is like arguing that Christians and Muslims worship the same God. No, they don't. 
Muslims say that Jesus was never crucified, let alone resurrected. Christians say that the resurrection is the entire linchpin of our faith. Those things cannot be reconciled. You can't have one group believe that he never died, another group that believe that he died and he's alive now. So no, they don't worship the same God. They don't. They could both be wrong. One can be right and one can be wrong, but they cannot both be right. Those aren't reconcilable viewpoints. Same thing goes here. The vaccines can be bad, and therefore, even if you take them, you still have to mask up and do all the other stuff that hasn't worked, by the way. That could, those could both be true. But it cannot be true that the, ma- the vaccines are good and then you still must be a leper. And if I'm any of these vaccine companies, Anthony Fauci is not my friend right now. He's not helping me. If I'm the Biden administration and I, and I can see we're finally at the point now that you can sense the American people's patience with this is, is, is finally up. Or at least enough of the American people's patience with it is finally up. And if you're the Biden administration, you got to know on this, you're on borrowed time on this. Winter's almost over. Spring is coming. People's patience will get even thinner when that arrives. And you've got this guy out here undermining your vaccination efforts? It's not accidental, I don't believe. And I don't believe it's bureaucratic narcissism. He's a malevolent force. We do so many cool things for our pets. Walks, grooms, cuddles, playtime. But make sure we're giving them the nutrition that they need as well because chances are that store-bought food that your dog loves doesn't have it. It's probably been sterilized for the same reason that our own human food has been, which is why we buy so many supplements these days to get all those vitamins, minerals, nutrients, pre, probiotics, omega oils, etc., antioxidants back into our regimen. Same thing goes with our pets, but thankfully now they have that kind of a supplement with our friends over at Rough Grains. It's a powder that you mix into the food your pet already loves, make them love it even more, and make them feel it even more too. Uh, Because all the good stuff that's likely not in that store-bought food, stripped away for mass consumption, long shelf life, is going to go right back in. So see if you don't see a difference in your pet in 14 days or less with the new Jumpstart bag from our friends over at Rough Greens. It's just $14.95. See if you don't see an extra bounce in this step of your pet. Spring is almost here. Uh, We've got some actually beautiful weather now in the Midwest. It's like we're being repaid for enduring whatever the hell those three weeks were. All right. So take advantage of this right now for just $14.95. When you go to Rough Greens, that's R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash blaze. Again, that's roughgreens.com slash blaze. Before we get to buy, sell, or hold, I want to do one more thing that was in your montage, Aaron. Can you call up the chart from Oxford? 
All right, this is basically a misery index, but it's 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 the number one university in the world, so it's a um, stringency index instead. <laughs> misery apparently had too few syllables for Oxford, so they come up with a diff, more difficult word. Okay, so for those of you that don't realize this. The, the dynamic in the UK is totally different than it is here. Like Oxford is like railing against lockdowns and like has been for like from the beginning. They're like t- totally against this. Their epidemiologists are doing Zoom calls and speaking engagements, talking about how stupid this is. All right. They're signing that great Barrington declaration. Okay. And it's the allegedly right of center Brexit government by Boris Johnson that is just literally, I don't, I don't, I don't know, zombified, obsessed with lockdown. So Oxford is now looking at the United States here and which states are the freest to currently live in and one, which ones are the most stringent when it comes to lockdowns. When you look at this list, I don't think anybody is shocked to see Christy Nome's South Dakota is number one. Wait, is she North Dakota? I always forget. South Dakota. I thought she was South Dakota. Christy Nome, South Dakota is number one. Utah is number two, right? That's probably the most conservative state in the union. North Dakota's number three, Alabama's number four. And what do I love about Alabama? I get an email from somebody in Alabama complaining about Kay Ivey every single week. I love that. And you guys are the fourth freest state. Now, our home state of Iowa is in the top five. Florida is at number nine. Um, um, there's Joe Biden's Delaware. Gretchen Whitmer's Michigan is 21. Now, why have they made a huge leap? Well, Gretchen Whitmer lost one third of the businesses in Michigan last year. They were they got, they got shuttered. Uh, she had the worst unemployment problem in America at the end of last year. She's got to get reelected, man. So Michigan's moving up. There's a state missing here, though. Did you guys notice there's a there's a state missing here. How about Georgia down to 26, even though. Brian Kemp in Georgia, one of the very first states to aggressively reopen. Remember, they were called a, quote, experiment in human sacrifice yes. by the Atlantic. Remember that? Are you guys noticing there's a there's a really prominent red state here we, we still haven't gotten to? New Hampshire? Wisconsin. There's Wisconsin. Yeah. And what's right ahead of Wisconsin, or right behind Wisconsin? Texas. What you doing? Greg Abbott, what you doing? And man, I I heard about it when I kept saying recently that, and we were just down there, right? When Aaron took his honeymoon and we came back here and told everybody we are freer in Iowa. And boy, howdy, did I hear about it from some of you Texans in my email? Well, now don't just take my word for it experientially anecdotally you really did i did yeah man the number one university on planet earth is calling you out man texas is 30th 30th dude you barely beat ralph northam and virginia are you kidding me texas is only 30th on that list Wow. 30th. That is insane. Dude, you're 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 hanging out 
with with, with Larry Hogan and that what's the, what's the governor of what's his name is it Prigus or uh, Pritzker Pritzker thank you you're hanging out with Larry Hogan Pritzker these are lockdown fetishists fetishists right all right I mean literally it's their kink before they go to bed with their wives at night they read lockdown restriction recaps to make sure they can perform. And that's the neighborhood Texas is in. Texas. You know, they always say this about mistresses. When you stop and think about it, you probably have it already better at home, right? You know what I'm saying? How many years has Texas been my relocation mistress? But when we needed Texas the most, nope. It was the home slice. Good old fashioned, just salt of the earth Iowa that came through while Texas hung out with Ralph Northam and that Pritzker dude in Illinois. You're nine. If you're Greg Abbott ought to be impeached straight up, straight up. The fact that Gretchen Whitmer and Michigan is more open than Texas. That ought to be grounds an emergency session in Texas. Instant impeachment for Greg Abbott. That just can't happen. That what's, cannot stand. What's your case? Gretchen Whitmer is higher than us. Ah, done. Guilty. Yes, Move on. That's, that's it. it. If that's not a high crime and misdemeanor, I don't know what the Texas impeachment threshold is. But being less free than Gretchen Whitmer has to be one of them. Has to be. Texas, you disgust me. What was I ever thinking? There's a reason, Iowa, I put a ring on it. <laughs> All right, let's get to buy Southern Hold. Each week, Aaron, with some help from our friends in the audience, which means they do all the work, uh, puts forth a series of predictions, prophecies, lists on a multitude of topics. No topic is off limits unless it's dumb. And then, Todd, you and I will decide, are we going to buy that? Are we selling that once? You know what? Yeah. We're going back to once per episode. You can use a hold. We're freaking Iowa, man. We man up. We don't just lay down for COVID like y'all in Texas do. No. We're going back, Todd, to one hold. Because we're Iowans, and that's all Iowans need. Y'all, in te- if we are doing the show in Texas, we'd just do a whole show of holds. Take a stand on nothing. The whole show's holds. Hold, hold, hold. No, no, no. Take no positions with a mask. We do the show. If we were in Texas. We do. We put on a mask. Do the show with a mask and just say hold the whole time through a mask. Hold, hold, hold. It would sound like that. Double masked. Double masked. Saying hold. Aaron, you're up. A couple of uh, suggestions from moi. First, uh, first, I want to know. Buy, sell, or hold. At some point this year, New York State will be more free than Ohio. Uh, from coronavirus restrictions. Mm. Now, where's Ohio on that list, by the way? I, uh, I, let's ahead of Texas, isn't there. it? Let dude, see. dude, Mike DeWine is ahead of Texas. Dude, honestly, what are you even? Do you even Texas, bro? Do you even Texas? Mike DeWine? Who posts Twitter threads of sonnets and lullabies to COVID? And you're freer there than Texas? But what I hear you saying is, 
one of two things happens in New York. Cuomo's yep. either gone, and then they put in... Remember when I said that I, to you guys, and I think I said it on the show a couple of weeks ago, one of the primary motivations that could be going after Cuomo, they just like this attorney general candidate more. Axio, remember I said that? Yeah. Axios has a story out today. New York Democrats eyeing Letitia Wright's future as a potential standard. Letitia bearer. James, right? Is it Letitia yeah. James? I get it right. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Okay. So I, I'm going to buy this, Aaron, because I think one of two scenarios is happening in New York. That Cuomo's either toast and whoever comes in new is going to want to do this to re-ingratiate themselves to the citizenry. Or two, Cuomo will do this to try to save his sorry keister. One of the two. So I'll buy this. Yeah. That by the end of the year, New York is freer than Ohio. I could buy that. Sure. Why the hell not? Um, How about freer than Texas? Do you buy that too? I'm, I'm buying that. New York will be freer than Texas by the end of the year. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, another one. Uh, by the end of the year, uh, there will be no statewide mask mandates to be found in the U.S. Sell. I'm going to sell, but I think I think that there's, this is closer than we think. The, the The public patience is really wearing thin. Um, I think there will be some states. I mean, you're going to take their shibboleth of the damned. You're going to pry that from their, their cold, dead fingers, right? There will be some states like that. In fact, I could see that's, I could see New York being a state like that. Well, Steve, how do you reconcile that with what you just said? Everything's opened. Go to all the Broadway plays you want. You just have to wear a mask everywhere you go. Like I could see, I could see that being the case in several places where everything is opened. And you're largely back to normal, but you're in a mask. At the very least, I think by the end of this year, that will be the argument. Everything's reopened, but where do you, where can you be, where can you go and do everything with or without a mask? And so I do think that's the next fight and battle. So I think you're closer to being right, but I wouldn't go quite as far, so I'll sell. And yeah, we're, they want, they do not want to relinquish control. They may realize that they have to. Uh, in terms of enforcement to some extent, particularly in the summer when a lot more people are outside. But they're not simply going to follow the leader on the fact that people go one direction when they love their control. They're going to keep it and drop the hammer on you whenever they want to. So most people may not be wearing masks while this enforcement mechanism is, is still in place. Alto Lee Teague, who's an attorney in Birmingham, Alabama, just emailed me. First of all, does it get any more Southern than a name and a lawyer than a name like that? <laughs> if I get in trouble in the South, I want a lawyer whose name is Beauregard or Alto Lee Teague, the fourth even. Is, is, he, a John, fourth. is he a John yeah. Grisham character? <laughs> he just sent me a note. In case you've not heard from my state this week, K.I.V. sucks. <laughs> Roll Tide. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll start with Sean Griffiths, who says the inability of the masses to give up their hysteria and irrationality towards COVID and their worship of Fauci, etc., can all be explained as the most wide-scale example of Stockholm syndrome ever. And he says it's kind of ironic because you know Sweden. I'm going to sell. I, I don't think it is a Stockholm syndrome. I think it's worse. I think it is a manifestation of a spirit of the age. And I think you are getting a proto version of how conditioned many populaces in this world would be 
to an antichristical figure, to a global community, to laying down all of their various heritages, um, uh, legacies, histories, distinctiveness, laying them all down to be uh, to have their bellies rubbed by some all powerful centralized figures or figure who told them that he would make the bad man stop. I, I think it's I think it's worse than this, brother, actually. Yeah, agreed. We're a very prideful people and even before 2020 came along, we, we like to think we're the people of reason and science. Uh, but and we look how much we have when we think we need and how much we give to our kids. We're as depressed to people and we were before lockdowns, uh, as has been in any age, if not more. Uh, and that's because we like telling ourselves lies. And this is just another great lie that we liked telling ourselves, particularly in the shadow of Orange Man Bad. Up next, we'll go to SI Conservative, who says they will be the potential for an all Big Ten Final Four when brackets come out. But ultimately, there will only be two of the final four teams from the Big Ten. I've got to see the bracket. Because I think one thing I can tell you that the NCAA tournament is about rooting who's because my favorite teams had a lot of success in it in recent years. It's it's a lot of it is about matchups. And so I've got to see what the bracket looks like. Um, we've, we've only had three teams from a conference make a Final Four once that I know of. Uh, it was 1985. You had Villanova, St. John's, and Georgetown. Um, do I think it's possible three Big Ten teams could get to the Final Four? Yeah, I do. But I, I would need to see, though, what those matchups potentially would like, look like. And the odds are always lower that it will happen than it won't. So I will sell. He's right but it's fun to buy on this one. The the teams that have been there before, I mean, the Blue Bloods are so watered down this year. North Carolina, Duke, they might still get into the tournament. Kentucky, if it was ever going to happen, you're right according to all the data picking the field, but mm-hmm. this is, the math is there to make it happen this year. It might be. I mean, listen, Purdue right now, if the Big Ten season ended today, Purdue would be the fifth seed in the Big Ten tournament. They're, they're number 17 overall in, in Ken Palm's analytics of, of of how strong these teams are, a power rating. I mean, that, that just goes to show you uh, the, oh. the level of strength that this league has right now. Well, and last night they're talking about uh, Izzo and Michigan State and do they, if they get in. Hey, listen, they've got a tough stretch, but if they do well down this tough stretch, they're definitely in. And no team in all of college basketball finishes better in the last yep. 25 years than Michigan I State. Or I, I would agree with that as a Michigan fan. And hey, now that win against Duke in the Big Ten ACC Challenge looks a lot better now, right? It was a nothing burger for the last couple of months, mm-hmm. but it looks a lot... It, that's, I mean, they, they've just had back-to-back quad one wins. I mean, how many leagues have a team who's a clear doormat? Nebraska's the clear doormat this year. But they had a player go for 41 points last night. <laughs> Could you imagine Vanderbilt having... the, the, the Pick how many doormats in these other leagues... Who, do they have a player capable of putting up 41 points on another major college right. team? I, I would argue probably not. And that, that just speaks to the overall depth of, uh, of Big Ten basketball this year, for sure. We'll come back. More buy, sell, or hold coming your way here after the top of the hour. And don't forget, he is returning as well. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will join us next hour right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast.
with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Gab, Parlor. Look for Steve Dace at all of those places. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show that you can watch for free, and then hopefully, if you like them or hate them, uh, share with others. Go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Also, if you are a podcast listener, we appreciate you. Show your appreciation for us, please, though, by hitting that subscribe button, leaving us a five-star review, whichever podcast platform you use. It's just fine to do so because the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. Thanks to all of you that have done those things already. Our podcast audience has grown quite a bit here uh, in the past year. We've got a new partner here on the program, Bambi. When you're running a business, human resource issues can kill you. Wrongful termination lawsuits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, especially with who's running uh, the White House right now. Human resource managers, by the way, those salaries are not cheap. They average about $70,000 a year. That's why you want to check out Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, B-A-M-B-E-E. It was created specifically for small businesses like yours. Get dedicated HR managers, craft HR policy, maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. Because with Bambi, you can change uh, human resources from your biggest liability now to your biggest strength with a dedicated HR manager available by phone, email, or real-time chat for your small business. You can do this month to month, no hidden fees, cancel at any time. So let Bambi help your small business get a free HR audit to get you started today for free. Go to Bambi, B-A-M, and then the, the word B, so BAM and B. Uh, go to Bambi.com slash Steve right now to schedule your free HR audit at Bambi.com slash Steve. Again, for you small business owners in the audience, Bambi.com slash Steve. Let's continue on with Buy, seller Hold, Aaron. We'll continue with Token White Man, who says the Mount Rushmore of societal destruction literature from the Spirit of the Age book club he has number one, Das Kapital, number two, The Origin of Species, number three, Mein Kampf, and number four, White Fragility. That's a great list, actually. Now, I, in my own personal opinion, I think you have the wrong Darwin book. I understand, though, why it's there. Um, I mean, 1859, when Origin of Species was published as a line of demarcation. Uh, if you look at where things philosophically... Um, have moved in in Western culture since the publish of that work. You can trace it back to that as an origin date. But I would argue Descent of Man is really the deconstructive work. This is now where Darwin recognizes that he is, if, if, his, if his scientific inquiry is accurate, then that requires a philosophical and moral reassessment. And Descent of Man is where he puts some meat on that bone. He adds a little old time or new time, I should say, religion to his scientific inquiry. But, you know, there's no descent of man without origin of species. So, okay. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a really good list. Can I drop a bomb? Yeah. Uh, I would take off white fragility because that's not a leader of any movement. That's just... I, I, it, it's just 
a fawning coattail ride of what was brought on. Along for the other three, um, without argument. Okay, I'll say it. Here's why, I, just so you know, the reason I accepted white fragility on there is because I, I thought that he, his intention was to put something there that um, perpetuated uh, the, 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 the race baiting in the culture, the, the, which is now manifesting as critical race theory, but it's taken other forms in the past. So if that's mm -hmm. what he meant, then I'm okay mm -hmm. with that as a vehicle and that with that being on the list. Yeah, you're going to get email about this if I say it, but the 95 Theses by Martin Luther. You're right. I'm going to get email if you say that. Yes. This is not a Catholic versus Protestant thing. This is a one thing. I, I'm not, I don't need to take issue with any particulars, but the, the fact that the church was no longer one from that point has had catastrophic consequences in the culture over time. I, 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 don't, I don't think there's a orthodox or fundamentalist Protestant who truly can argue with it. I don't think the two guys in this room would argue with me at all. I, and I, I had no pause in saying this out loud to them, but before you write out an angry mail about why is the Catholic on the show, it... it and, and whether or not specifically that was the right thing to do to address a specific problem, ask yourself what the consequences of the church no longer being one has been. I find them undeniable. See, I think I do disagree with you. Um, while understanding your viewpoint, would I prefer there to be a, a unified orthodoxy? Sure, I would. Uh, how great and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity and praise the Lord. So, so would I prefer that? Yes. To me... I just don't think you would disagree that there's been radical consequences and unintended consequences. I agree there's been radical unintended consequences. I also think it saved Western civilization. I've said on this show for years, I See. think the Catholic Church established Western civilization. I think the Protestant Reformation saved it. Uh, it gave birth to scientific inquiry. It gave birth to um, uh, human flourishing. It gave birth to uh, a, a total revolutionary view of economics, which led the way ultimately to capitalism. There's no United States of America without the Protestant Reformation. I, I think that it saved Western civilization. And that has nothing to do, by the way, with the, the theological positions. I think you can have a separate discussion uh, aside from that. But culturally, I think it saved Western civilization. And, and, and I would also argue for your viewpoint to be true is more of an indictment of Rome than it is of Luther, because it could have earnestly taken his disputations, oh, heard out what he had to say, and sought real reform, as opposed to going down the zero-sum road that the church went down with him instead, which was, hey, we'll, we'll get down in the mud and the muck and the mire and name call with you. Well, okay. That, oh, as you said, I, I did not indict the specifics therein or Luther by name, although 
I I could, but for the per and, and Rome absolutely is to bl blame blame for bringing this to bear. If it was not Luther, it was going to be somebody a hundred years and it, before and it, this. And it was people before. We Luther know John too. Huss, John yeah. Wycliffe. We John know this. Wycliffe, yeah, but th th that we're talking about a written treatise. That's the best example one can have of the Protestant Reformation, and all no matter who's to blame in it. I, I, again, I, I, without apology and without exception, even after hearing everything Steve said, and I disagree with particulars there uh, as well, but it's, I, I don't, I, I, I think the entirety, I, as many blessings as we've had since that happened, I believe had we stayed together and still addressed our problems, the blessings would have even been more abundant. Up next, we've got Hunter Lucas, who says the NFL should get rid of. Wow, well, how am I going to segue from that to this? NFL should get rid of the taunting penalty and the fumble out of the back of the end zone. Name another program <laughs> that goes from the the debating the the merits of the Reformation to uh, obscure NFL rules. Name another show, and maybe there's a reason why no other show would do either one. And why we are still in Iowa. That, that could be it. There's a reason nobody else does this. It's a bad idea. Um, let me see that one again because I was still. NFL should over. get rid of taunting and uh, ball out of the fumble out of the back of the end zone rule. No, I, I, I like the fumble out of the end zone rule. Um, yeah, I thought this. What game I'm was fine that? with taunting, by the way. That was the because, Chiefs. Because game. you know why I'm fine with taunting? Because to me, I think street justice in response. To going too far is is far more punitive than uh, some 15-yard penalty is. Mm -hmm. I mean, th th just handle it within the white lines. The boys will be boys. They're wearing equipment. You want to light me up like that? Then, you know, I'll get you next time. I'm totally okay with that. But the fumbling out of bounds is, to me, a form of of a penalty. It's like, a, it's like what's the Dave Ramsey term, a stupid tax. I mean, almost every time you see that penalty happen, it's not because a guy got hit. Almost every time it happens, and it, it, there have been times it is because a guy got hit and the ball fumbled. But most of the time when the ball is fumbled out of bounds, why does that happen? They're being careless with it. They're reaching yes, over. Yep. Or you're, you're celebrating prematurely. To me, I think those are all sort of self-enforcing checks and balances, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I thought the, the overreaction to that the sports talk almost university was like oh this rule seems too punitive uh they just it was so soft-headed and muddled this year you're, you're absolutely right on this one and this comes from a time in the game where the game was f fundamentally about running 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 and uh the, the likelihood of trying to cheat the system of trying to fumble it forward intentionally and take advantage from that, I think uh, was a real was a real thing, whether it is now or mm -hmm. not. I mean, I, plus there's just rules in the game and baseball. Is, I that rule book, I, I know it as well as anybody who's not currently doing it professionally. There's all kinds of rules for stuff that hardly ever happens, but there's that it's pretty cool that there it's there. Uh, and the, every time we try to advance something and think we're smart, what's a catch? How'd that go for everybody, with or without instant replay? So, yeah, I'm with Steve. Keep it. All right. Uh, up next, uh, holy hey, smoke. Can I make a point of order, by the way, sure. really quick? 
several of you pointed this out to me, and I'm sorry, you're right. I actually forgot to put that um, American Journal of Medicine study on Parler yesterday about hydroxychloroquine. So I, I during the last break, I went and dug it up. It is tweeted out there right now. Um, in fact, let me even read a section of the study uh, which was published on, well, it was approved on January 26th. I just saw it yesterday. All right. Quote, this is from the study from the American Journal of Medicine. Uh, when started earlier in the hospital course for progressively longer durations and in outpatients, antimalarials, which is what hydroxychloroquine is, all right, uh, and, it, and it mentions hydroxychloroquine as the antimalarial that it's talking about in this uh, in this section, antimalarials uh, may reduce the progression of disease, prevent hospitalization, and are associated with reduced mortality. What is that description? That's a that's what they call a prophylactic. That's what that's what the case was from the very beginning, that if you started on it right away, it says before this, uh, when started late in the hospital course and for short durations of time, antimalarials appear to be ineffective. The argument always was if you think suspect you have symptoms or test positive and you're in one of these high risk groups to start taking it right away. That was the that was the argument. Um, and the point of this study, it says in the summary, um, is, quote, uh, the aim of reducing the risks of hospitalization and death. So I've got that linked up right now on my Parler page. For some odd reason, I didn't post it on Parler. Thank you all for pointing that out to me. You can now read that study for yourself. Alrighty, moving on. Uh, Holy Smoke says, when they run out of COVID excuses for lockdowns and Chinese face diapers, statists will pivot to offset climate change. Ag agreed. They're already doing They're it. already doing that. And this is an easy, uh, sorry, I, this is an easy sell as well. Look, guys, we just went through a whole year where it was really, really tough and our, our lifestyle had to change, but it was really hard, but we can do it. We made it through the other side. Look at all these changes we can make permanently. That's a, that, that's an easy sell. Yes, it's an easy sell. But you know what? I'm t I, 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 I'm, I hope we get to do that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've been having that argument for an awful long time. But 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 and that that is clearly become political in the minds of the American people. But you're right. They, they will pivot to that for sure. I agree. And many other things. The Equality Act. I mean, that 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 study right now that. <laughs> millennials and the percentage of those who now identify as gay have has skyrocketed so not born that way by the way which we've been telling you for a long time but yeah the, the they're not gonna let they're gonna move on the issue but the zeitgeist oh they're gonna hold on to and they're gonna try to choke the life out of us in many untold other ways Moving on, Josh Peden says the over-under for number of teams that will have to forfeit or relinquish their NCAA tournament bids due to COVID is 1.5. So relinquish a bid or get a bid and then have to forfeit both? Either. Um, I'm going to say under. I think it'll be one team, but I'm going to say it won't be a couple. They're putting them in a bubble. Daily new case rates have collapsed 71% in the country since early January. Um, and the NCAA makes a billion dollars off of this and needs it bad. I'm sorry, what was that? I'm sorry, is this on? Um, uh, my bad. I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll sell. I will sell or take the under, yeah. 
Up next, Envy and Wrath says the U.S. will be involved in another foreign conflict before the end of 2021. By define involved troops on the ground, troops on the ground, any amount, any amount by. Yeah. Could I see a few hundred troops in Syria or something? Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Yemen. Yeah, I could. Burma. Where maybe if they had taken that gender studies money, things would be going better there. Yeah, true. Uh, Next. Prisoner of Whitmer says by June. To, hey, prisoner of Whitmer, at least you're not in Texas. That's right. Be thankful you're not a prisoner of Abbott. <laughs> yeah. uh, by June 2022, SCOTUS has 11 justices and is unabashedly legion. Sell. Sell. They don't have to do this. Yep. I'm, one one person one person who's really whose opinion I respect is really smart. Told me privately yesterday that they believe. The reason ACB has been a disappointment so far is she is she is attempting to appear rather than the decisive vote on everything from the out from the get go. She is attempting to appear for now to be more moderate in order to dissuade Democrats from going ahead and packing the court. I don't know if I buy that or not. I do not buy that. I don't. I don't. I, you know, I, I don't know if I buy that or not. But the reality is the Democrats don't have to pack the courts. They're, they're getting pretty much anything that they want. I know there was a I think it was a judge in Texas today uh, dropped one of those universal injunctions that they kept doing to Trump on Biden today on immigration. They'll just get another judge that'll override that or they'll just ignore him. Uh, they they don't have to take on the political blowback of packing the courts. They're getting everything they want anyway. Agreed. I mean, if 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 they if they go ahead and pack the courts, that would be the dumbest political thing I've ever seen. I mean, probably going to happen then. So I think it might happen. <laughs> yeah. I think it might happen. Yeah. Yep. yep. Follow Truth says by the end of the year. Speaking of HCQ, you'll be able to buy HCQ over the counter as a prophylactic to COVID. Bye. Sure. Bye. Yep. Elliot Evans says, within 15 years, a human being will set foot on Mars. So. Why are you selling? Because we're not at all equipped as a people. It won't be Americans. Let's let me put it that way. Maybe the Russians or something like that. I, for you to do that, you have to, really even the moon race to some degree is just about the next thing. It's there. It's like Mount Everest. The, the human spirit. Let's it, it seems impossible. Why? And there's not really a why to doing it. But you just do it because, damn it, it's exciting. And we're Americans and we set the bar high or. or there's really no reason to set foot on Mars. There's not enough other than some grand adventure to see if science and the human spirit can just accomplish it. Right now we're sitting and arguing about, is there 120 genders? 
I mean, there's no way we pull ourselves together and pull this off. So it, it, the, the question was not Americans, just said a human being. A human being. For all the reasons you just said, I will buy. Precisely because it is pointless. Couldn't you see like Putin and... Oh, yeah. Oh, you think we'll get there because it's pointless? Yes. Yeah. Because it's pointless. Um, and, and I could see it being another country other than us because of what yeah. as well. Making it to make a statement of American inferiority. Yeah. While we're over here determining whether we are um, uh, uh, paleo gendered. Yeah. Okay. Uh, keto gendered. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're doing that. China's colonizing. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. We got, we got, we go from the shy comms to the Mars cons. Yep. <laughs> it's fun stuff. Vote your conscience says conservative ink will negotiate down from two masks to only one and call it a win for principled liberty. Uh, masks are the price of freedom, as we all know. Oh, that's great. I love that. Pour one out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to sell because the double mask thing is already over. But I, I like I like the way you handle your rig. I like it. Yeah. Didn't look at Todd that time. He looks right yeah. at you in the camera. Yeah, I didn't look at Aaron that time. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, moving on. Grant Isaski says, Pastor James Coates, that's that uh, Canadian pastor, I believe, who was arrested mm-hmm. for defying lockdowns, is the first of many ministers who will be arrested for rejecting, uh, rejecting the uh, COVID fascism in North America this year. Uh, so. I'm got, yeah, I'm going to have to take the field. On that. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to sell. Who, who is this? James Coates. It's the pastor in Canada. Yeah. They arrested him for defying lockdowns mm-hmm. in Canada. Yeah, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell. Yeah. Moving on. McCool says Biden will never deliver a state of the union speech. Ooh. Bye. I'm already on record. I don't think he lasts the year. So it takes it, into next February, right? You guys remember the uh, state of the union speech last month? No, I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. He'll never deliver one. I agree with that. Bye. Yeah, bye. Not necessarily. Dude is fading, man. Yeah, no. And fast. Let's face it. There's a lot better odds that Donald Trump is on a national ticket as one major party's nominee in 2024 than Joe Biden is. Now, maybe neither one is. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'd put a lot more money on Trump being on a national ticket in 2024 than Joe Biden. Yeah, I just I can see him being there without really being there for a long time. So I can see them finding an excuse not to give one this year while him still being president. But I'll I'll, I'll buy. How about this story from Time Magazine? Quote: No president has entered the White House with as clear a focus on Alzheimer's disease <laughs> as Joe Biden. <laughs> that's is that real? That, that is that's faux shizzle. That's so, not the onion. Yeah, it's not the onion. That's Time. Okay magazine yeah okay with an article titled we need a warp speed for alzheimer's and dementia well yeah 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 todd saffle says uh resending in case you missed it uh, coke will announce rachel dolezal as their new chief be less white okay. officer <laughs> what, a, what a dumb place you know I, it is a stupid time to be alive man it is. It's a stupid time to be alive. This, you know, the South, largely, except for what's happened in Georgia, but, you know, all the BLM stuff, it was in, you know, 
it's in Seattle, in Minneapolis. It 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 seemed to not just choke the life in this the out of the South for the most part. They seem to like listen, man. We've we fought the real civil war down here. We don't have time for this nonsense. I was at the, at the gym this morning. They've got all the TV screens there at Planet Fitness and MSNBC's on one of them. They have all the cable news channels on. And I saw on MSNBC, they were doing a feature on, I guess Alabama has an anti-riot bill they're debating right now with like punitive penalties and stuff if you get caught rioting. And they they brought on a spokeswoman from the Alabama chapter of BLM to oppose the bill and talk about why it's racist. Now, the sound's not on, so I couldn't hear any of this, but what I thought to myself is, what would be the reason you would oppose an anti-rioting bill? You're approving approving of rioting. Yeah, you're. Aren't you? Aren't is this not the Alabama chapter of Black Lives Matters, or as um, our friend Daniel Horowitz calls it, burn, loot, and maim? <laughs> right. Not wrong. Uh, is is this not a de facto admission that you're rioters? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why you would oppose penalties for rioting. Is you're rioters. So okay. Now at least we're out in the open. Now we're being at least now we're being honest with each other. So there you go. Avery says Bricker's founding flavors ice cream with chunks of built bar. Oh, if it's the cookie dough, especially or that coconut brownie chunk. Like protein infused ice cream. Hold. You know what, dude? <laughs> dude. I, who was that that came up with that? Avery. Avery. Yeah. I think you've got a product opportunity. We can marry these two things, Brooker's and Built Bar. Protein-infused ice cream. As if you needed any justification, this will provide it to you, right? Now, that would be... You've tried now both of these things. I have. All right. Wouldn't that not be a good dessert? That coconut brownie chunk mixed into some of that rich ice cream? (laughs) I can envision it. Yeah, we, we, I, I think I, we might be in Ghostbusters never cross the streams territory I don't know, here. I'm, but I, I, Maybe. Because, yeah, listen, that happens sometimes. I remember when macaroni cheese pizza first came out, and I was so psyched. Because you're thinking, this has to be one of the greatest concoctions of all time. And then I tried it, and I'm like, I love mac and cheese, and I love pizza. And I, they need to be separate. That didn't work. But this, this, I think, has some definite potential. I'm buying, for sure. Bruce Johnson says the EIB network turns over the golden microphone for a weekly fireside chat by Donald Trump. Sell. I can't see iHeart doing that. Do I do I do I think if um, do I think if, if Rush were alive? And he had to take long, he was still taking long leaves of absences for his health, that he would do it when he's still in control? Yes. But now that that rush is gone, that is totally clear channel. Well, now iHeart's baby. Those are almost all their radio stations. There's no way they're turning those over to Donald Trump. No. Sell. I agree. Sell. In fact, iHeart wouldn't do a Rush Limbaugh today. Rush Limbaugh could not happen today at a company like iHeart or Cumulus, where several other big conservative talkers like Mark Levin work. None of those people would, would, none of those companies would hire any of those people today. 
None of them would. If today, they, they, if they were all starting out today, they'd all have to be digital, like what we are here at Blaze TV. They'd all have to be. None of them, none of them, none of them would get syndicated on that many hundreds of radio stations by those companies. The only major syndicator that would syndicate all those people today is Salem, because they're in, they're in business not just to make money, but to spread an ideological and, and spiritual message. iHeart and Cumulus, are up, they're corporately opposed to these messages. They've, they've tolerated them in their new iterations because they're kind of grandfathered in and we're making a ton of money. But, but, but today, would they go with their brands and start from the ground up building massive networks around our people? Hell to the no is the answer. No way. You read. Uh, one last quick one. A migrant facility for children says with the addition of Nolan Arenado, my St. Louis Cardinals will make it to the NLCS. You know, it's just so wide open all the time. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to sell. Yeah, I'll take the field. Even though when my baseball picks come out in a month, that might be what I pick. Yeah. But it's just, and the postseason is just so random. Do you just run into a team that has two hot starting pitchers? And so you lose every game two to one, three to two. Right. You, know, you think of Madison Baumgartner a few years ago or the right. year that Randy Johnson and Schilling were with the D-backs, right? So I'm going to sell. Yep. Obviously, it's a big time addition, though. No doubt about that. All right, we'll come back. The Prophet of Woe and Lamentation is next. on the Steve Day Show. And if you are thinking now that warmer weather is close, thinking of jumping into that real estate market, make sure, especially during these unprecedented times. Bing. Now I don't like the way you handle your riggers. Got, and what are you doing over there? I got a little, some bizarro. Yeah, right. my bad. I didn't, yeah. Let's try it again. Now that warmer weather is just around the corner, if you are thinking of getting involved in the real estate market, and especially during these unprecedented times, Bing. thank you. <laughs> that, was that was a nice touch. That was really good. All right, make sure you do so with a real estate agent you can trust. Now, where would you find said agent? It's not like there's a website out there called don't trust these agents.com. It's not like when you go to the real estate shop that's dominant in your market, they just tell you flat out who their best and worst agents are, right? Thankfully, though, there is a place where you can go where the name kind of says it all. Real estate agents, I trust.com is a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who were tired of real estate agents who talked a good game and then did not deliver the results as promised when needed the most. They do not want you to suffer that same fate. So they put together this referral service of fully vetted real estate agents all over the country to make sure you have one that works for you at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Daniel, good to have you back with us, brother. How are you? I'm doing all right. Great to be with you, Steve. Daniel, did you see this stringency index that Oxford University put out yesterday? Did you see this? I did. I okay. did. All right. So because it's the number one uh, university in the world, they couldn't just go with the misery index. They needed to go with a fancier word with more uh, syllables. So they went with the stringency index. Did you see where Texas ranks in terms of COVID fascism 
and 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 how close it is to your beloved governor, Lockdown Larry in Maryland. Did you see this? I mean, they're almost yes, right next Steve. to each other. In fact, yeah, yes, Steve, and and also remember. When you count from one to 50, you do need a sequence. So if they're all hell ranging from China to North Korea, you could have those states that might be 13, 15, 17 that are pretty bad, but they're above average. And Texas was still below those. But I'm saying there's plenty of others like West Virginia that were mm-hmm. higher that are horrible. But, yeah, I mean, this is what I've been dealing with all week. Um You know, 40 to 7 majorities in certain houses and uh, – uh, they're nibbling around the edges of this national rape. So that, that's the GOP for you. I think, though, th- we have reached a turning point with the public. I, I really do think so. I think it actually started two weeks ago with that CDC map. The school issue with the kids is such a lightning rod. There's, there's still well over 40% of American kids are in in-person learning. So for the CDC to put out a map that says only if you live in International Falls, Minnesota, is it safe for you to go to school in person and do in-person extracurricular activities like athletics? I think that was so incredulous. That was so hacktastic, so over the top. And now you've got they're following that up with Anthony Fauci telling you run out to get the experimental vaccines and then still be a leper afterwards. These are not defensible positions. And I definitely think the resistance to this, the hostility to this. Now, maybe it's from a, 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 you know, a a point five to a two, but I certainly think it has increased exponentially here in the last couple of weeks. Steve, that's why I'm working about 18 hours a day on this. Uh, The legislatures are in session while what you just said is going on. The vaccine was the Waterloo. I mean, that was insane to say that we're going to destroy our lives, destroy our human interaction, criminalize our breath until you get a vaccine. Now we are here. The Ides of March have come. And what has happened? So I think you're right. I don't know to what degree it has changed, but... This is when we have the opportunity to say no, or at least in a number of states. And I'm glad you started off with Texas because they're in session. And um, you know what's scary, Steve? In a couple months when they leave session, you know they're not in session for another 20 months. They meet biannually. So that means that the Texas Department of Health could legislate for 20 months you know, without any uh, challenge. So this is why, I mean, the state legislatures matter more than they've ever mattered since they helped create the committees of correspondence and catalyze the American Revolution. So I think this is really where it is. You know, you mentioned um, youth sports. I just put out an article a couple of minutes ago, University of Wisconsin study. They examined 30,000 youths playing sports because they did play sports there because of the Supreme Court's decision in the state. But 84 percent, of course, uh, wore masks. Now, they found no difference between wearing a mask and not wearing a mask, of course, as every study found. Um, But they found one possible traceable transmission out of 30,000 students Hmm. related to uh, the sports. It was uh, obviously well over 90 percent were from the householder community. Um, All of the the cases among the sports athletic leagues reflected exactly the rate of um 
infection transmission in the respective counties. And by the way, Steve, if you remember, uh, the the window for this study was late September, early October. That's when Wisconsin was ground zero. They got early fall instead of late fall because kind of like Iowa, that part of the country, you guys had very little um, seroprevalence because didn't have a problem. So you got hit hard at that point. This, you know, and I give you credit. I give Jordan Schachtel credit and several others. This was not about flattening a curve. This was about being ahead of the curve, understanding what did and didn't work and what was and wasn't the truth. And I think the biggest thing we've learned from this is that if I made one mistake, I thought that lockdowns helped 1%, and it certainly wasn't worth the collateral damage. What we found in the ensuing 10 months is it's worked 0%. Hmm. You mentioned seroprevalence. Am I wrong to be asking? You know, the point of a vaccination program, right, is to get you, is to get a community, well, other than the cynical uh, pharmaceutical share price answer, the actual, you know, the the noble reason for a vaccination program is to get a community uh, to herd immunity uh, faster than doing it the natural way would with far less carnage of illness, death, infection, etc. Right? Okay. Well, if the goal is to get us to herd immunity as fast as we can via vaccination, and this is a country of 330 million people, wouldn't we need to know a baseline of information of how many people already have natural immunity? As far as I know, maybe you've heard something else. I have not seen any standardized seroprevalence or antibody data from our CDC since the Friday before July 4th or the Friday of July 4th weekend last year where they did a Friday news dump and they dropped a bunch of it, but all of it had been conducted in late April to early May. So if, 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 Hey, we've got to get these vaccines. We got to get them out. Got to get people vaccinated. All right. We got to get to herd immunity. Wouldn't you want to streamline the process by knowing what your baseline for natural immunity is? And I thought about this, pardon me, again, over the weekend, the LA Times on Sunday morning wrote yep. a screaming headline, shocking. Essentially, what they're saying is they've reached some initial form of a herd immunity threshold, meaning the point at which there's enough natural immunity. You haven't achieved your herd immunity yet, but there's enough now that you're pushing back against the growth of an outbreak. Okay. And so the LA Times basically said LA County has reached some form of a herd immunity threshold, and they're shocked to find this out. But should they be? Because on April 20th of last year, the University of Southern California released uh, a seroprevalence study of L.A. County. Now, keep in mind, on April 20th last year, we hadn't even charted 50,000 deaths with COVID yet. Okay? We were nowhere near at that point where we are with the virus right now. And yet at that time, they found 4% of that population, one of the largest counties in the country, had antibodies that by an order of anywhere from 28 to 55 times of magnitude, the L.A. County's uh, statistics of infection were off, underestimating where they were at. Well, if that that baseline would, would explain why you just you hit a you hit a herd immunity threshold eight months later or six months. Yeah. Eight months later. Um we went through this last year with these lockdowns. How do you flatten the curve if you don't know when it began? So the baseline of our data was bad from the very beginning. Are we going to repeat the exact same mistake here with vaccinations? Why don't we know first 
who has natural immunity rather than wasting our time vaccinating people that don't need to be vaccinated. Steve, your question answers itself because the problem is that would presuppose natural immunity and that there's an endpoint either both through natural immunity and the vaccine. But then you don't get to do mask wearing in lockdown. That, that, that's not a means to an end. That is the end. And I'm not exaggerating here. Congressman Thomas Massey found CDC lying, saying that Pfizer's clinical trial found that the vaccine helps for those with prior infection, which would mean that you would prove that, let's say you have, I'm just making it up, 80% uh, protection from the natural infection. Well, this would take you to 95. But indeed, their clinical trial showed that there was no, it was unchanged. It was both around 95%. And they lied and he called them on it and they refused to change it. And then even when they changed it, they didn't really change it. They said the same wording. They said it works for them. And 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 in their guidance, they're, they're not distinguishing between people who had it or didn't have it. You're talking about the macro sense and mm-hmm. you're right. But what's even more important, Steve, is the micro. If we have if we're in a race against the clock, there are people that do get very sick from this. Mm-hmm. OK, especially seniors and people with certain conditions. Don't doesn't it matter to know in terms of prioritization? Did you have it or not? Yeah. But they so badly don't want to admit that a third of the country, at least, is out of the woods and shouldn't even according to their logic that this stuff helps have to do it any longer because that would be freedom that they're willing to lie and screw up the vaccine prioritization and throw everyone in that same pot. That article in the LA Times estimates that LA County has 50%, not 35, but 50% mm-hmm. seroprevalence because they went from like four to 50 because be precisely because they went into the strongest winter mm-hmm. spread with so little, they wound up being, they were better than the rest of the country, but it's a seesaw. So because they hit the winter curve with less, they wound up getting it worse. And one other point on that, Steve, we were told until now, you never know. We could have let it rip. You and I wanted to let it rip and you know, as, as if it's in our control. Yeah, which was you know, never my position, but yes, yeah. No, but 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 here's the thing. They presupposed that what they were doing had even 1% efficacy. You know what? Yeah, you're right. It did spread. A lot of people died, but it would have spread quicker. Right. L.A. County, okay, they gave, they did everything they ever wanted to do. They had the earliest, most severe lockdown that they never came out of. They had masking outdoors when you walk your dog since who knows when. Nobody was caught dead not wearing a mask there. And they went from about 4% to 50 It ripped through as if there was nothing. So there is no letting it rip or not let it rip. God right. lets it rip. Yeah. It's natural, the, seasonal, the, the, geographical. The, the, the data shows on a macro level, you can protect vulnerable individuals and demographics. But on a macro level, as Alex Berenson quoted or, or coined this phrase many, many moons ago, on a macro level, the virus is going to virus. And, and we have the control group of Sweden that indicates that. We now have the control group of Florida, which indicates that in comparison to California. And it's so obvious, poor Andy Slavitt can't even appear on MSNBC see now without getting his ass handed to him by one of their biased reporterettes because this is such an obvious lie that they can't even cover it up any longer (laughs) it's crazy and and by the way steve the more compelling thing is if you look at the noaa climate zones you divide each part of the country and you could do it in different parts of the world by climate zones they have the exact same curve within the climate zone Hmm. regardless of what they did when they did it Hmm. i've got one minute here I believe 
I believe that in the next few months, everything's going to be reopened everywhere. And the debate is going to be whether I can do this with or without a mask. Yes. That they have so lost the 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 the, the foundation here. They're out of time. You're 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 probably five minutes away from some spike spokesman for Pfizer, uh, pimp slapping Anthony Fauci in public because he's not helping their share price or their pharmaceutical efforts at all with his commentary. That this is a this is they're not on this is ground you can't. It's indefensible ground. Uh, so do you agree or disagree with that? Yes, and and this is what I'm doing day and night. The mask is the fight. Um, Reopening schools, we won that already. It's a matter of days or weeks. It's over with. Are we going to have our kids in school with child abuse masked for seven hours a day for the rest of their lives? Because believe me, it will be for the rest of their lives if we don't stop it now. The Dem, we already won that ground. Republicans need to stop running away from the mask fight. Um, the Iowa legislature, I think there are those that have a bill there to go after localities. I know there's no statewide mandate, but tons of localities and almost all the school boards have it. That has got to go. Great work, my friend. Uh, you've been on fire on your podcast uh, recently as well. Good to see you as always. Take care, all right? God bless. Same to you. Thoughts on that conversation with Daniel Horowitz? Well, as always, he gets it. And the mass thing at the end is it, because think of what you're doing. You're not just telling an adult and empowering them to say yes or no to something. Adults feel like, are you going to tell your kid, my, your 10 year old, don't you dare go to school next year and not wear that mask. You're asking your kid to go into a war against teachers. Right. That's why that's why the progressives will try to do what Daniel is saying and why it is so important to fight this fight. Now, I can totally envision if they had their way trying to make us wear that in perpetuity. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree because it very quickly became not a symbol. Um, well, it very became, it quickly became a symbol, not, not a, not a medical device. It was just a symbol. Are you down with the science or not? And it's a very easy and quick way. I'm so down with the science. I wear it in my car. I'm so down with the science. I wear it in the park. I down with, I'm so down with the science. I wear it everywhere I go. So yeah, it's, it's a symbol now and they're not going to just let that it's, symbol go away. It's like the Asherah pole that you talk about. You it's gotta like, just go tear it down if it, you're serious. It's like the reverse Mockingjay symbol. Hmm. Yeah. All right, we're going to stick around. That's uh, Those are good analogies, by the way. We're going to stick around, do overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. Again, take advantage of our biggest discounted subscription ever at blazetv.com slash day so you can watch this when we upload it later today. Uh, maybe a, a healthier, attainable, superior paradigm of how to engage our politicians, including the ones we like. That's coming your way if you're a Blaze TV subscriber here at blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, we will see you again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.